Luke chapter 4, and we'll, um, we'll read these verses here in just a moment. The last few Sundays, we've covered quite a bit of ground in, in Luke. I've mentioned that we've kind of just working to um, really hit things at a surface level um, within these first few chapters. Um, today, um, we're, we're not going to do the same thing, so we're not going to cover a lot of ground. In fact, we're just going to return briefly to some verses that we've looked at in Luke's gospel. And I'd like to tie it into something else this morning that um, is definitely needed for us in this time. Um, I want to ask a very simple question that I'd like us to apply first to the church and then to ourselves personally. And so the question is simply this, why are we here? As a church, why are we here? That is, why do we exist? Why are we in this location as individuals? Why are we here? Why do we exist? And why are you in that specific location, whether it's your neighborhood or your family or your, your job? So just think about that for a moment. Um, we had a vision committee meeting this past week, and um, in the vision committee, you might imagine that what we talk about in the vision committee is the vision for our church, like why we're here and what that looks like in the future, what we need to be working towards. And we're working through a book right now called um, Scrappy Church, and um, the, the premise is pretty simple, um, and it's something that is going to work without a doubt, and regardless of any church putting something like this into practice. And so the first part of this deals with how to be a welcoming church. Do you think that would help churches grow, to be a welcoming church? If we're nice and friendly, that helps, right? To be a church also that... Um, closes the back door. Do you know what that means? That sounds strange. Don't let anyone escape. That's what it means. Make sure if you're here right now, if you don't know this, all the doors are locked. You can't go anywhere. I'm kidding. That's totally made up. So if, if we're a church that we're a welcoming church, like we're, we're really friendly to people who are coming in. Um, we work well to do things here throughout our services, whether it's Sunday school or the service. And we close the back door in the sense that when people disappear, like when they stop when they stop attending regularly, that we, that we call them, we check on them, we see, um, we see how they're doing, okay? So all that is to say, if any church puts that into practice, it, it would work, right? I mean, it would, it would probably make things better. Would you, would you agree? And since I can't, um, yeah, I can see your heads nodding. I guess even with a mask, I can see your heads nodding. So you, you guys agree. Okay, so this is going somewhere, tr trust me, okay? So that, that's gonna work. This would work no matter what kind of church you are, probably, right? If you were, even if you were not a Christian church, uh, I guess that's the thing, too. Even if you were of a different faith, you put that into practice. You're welcoming people. You're working well on your programs. You're making sure that people don't just disappear because you're going after them. That would work, right? And then uh, the children's ministry, that's a very important thing. We, we, we love our kids our children here so much, the children that sometimes we wake up over here, uh, we do love them. And we as a church are going to spend some time here in the near future working on our children's ministry. Uh, we hope within just a few weeks to restart kind of some of our Wednesday programs. And there's a book that we purchased long before COVID that our children's team um, was going to work through together. And so that's still something we're going to do. Um, and once again, any time that we spend on preparing and organizing 
and learning different techniques or what matters, this would help, again, the children's ministry grow just because we're spending time on it. I have a book also on uh, for pastoral help, so 10 things every minister needs to know. I have not read this book, so these are 10 things that evidently right now I am unaware of. Um, but if I read this book, I bet it would help me to some extent. And then I have another book here. I'm just kind of making this up because I didn't have one of these books. But uh, a book for like personal help. So how to, make, how to make myself better. This is kind of what that is. Maybe, maybe you have a self-help book. Um, all of these have what in common, you know? They're books. <laughs> That's the first answer. Good job, Jeremy. <laughs> They're all, they're all in, in the direction of improving something, right? Whether it's our church or our children's ministry, you can apply that to youth ministry or college ministry or, or personal health or family. Or there's, there's books on how to improve your family, right? So when we ask the question, why are we here? Is the answer to make ourselves better? And that's not the answer. If we ask, why are we here as a church? The answer is not to make ourselves better. If, if the question is, why am I here? The answer is not to make myself better. And um, I'm going to call your attention to some verses and then go back to um, kind of our vision committee meeting. So notice in Luke's gospel in chapter 4, this is Jesus in Nazareth, his hometown, reading the scriptures in the synagogue. He's reading the passage that specifically applies to himself. It's a passage that within the last few weeks we've touched on on multiple occasions. But in verse 18, he reads, it's from Isaiah, and it applies, it's specifically fulfilled in Jesus. In verse 18, we read this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we've, we've talked about this as a church in these last few weeks. That we live in a broken world where things are, are simply broken. Everything without exception. Things are challenging, and they are confusing, but there's one thing that we've seen, we've tracked with Luke so far to see that he is reminding us that God has made a promise, that he is working to bring that to fulfillment, and God's problem, God's program in light of our problems is running what? Do you remember? It's running just fine. His promise coming to fulfillment in Jesus Christ God become man, living a sinless life, as we sang, dying on the cross for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, raising from the grave, conquering sin and death once and for all, ascending to the right hand of the Father, where he has today all authority to forgive sin, to welcome into his family, and by his Spirit today, because we read here, in Acts 4, it is the Spirit empowering Jesus to do this work. And then he tells his disciples later that it is better for him to go away because why? It's better for him to go away because he, when he goes away, he will not leave them orphans. He says, I will come to you. I will send what? 
the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 2, so 1 and 2, the Holy Spirit is sent to who? The church, right, so that Jesus can continue on his work. Again, it's just a reminder in our, in our world that is broken by sin, God's program is operating just fine. Jesus, all authority in heaven on earth, on earth he's, he's working by his spirit through his church to restore what has been broken by sin. Now, I'm going to ask you if you, we will be, I, I've, I've said, I think the last few Sundays we're going to be briefer, and it has been a little briefer, but we've still maintained kind of the normal um, hour of service. Today, it should be less than that, but I would encourage you, if you can take notes, to jot just a few of, a few of these things down that I'm going to mention today. In our vision committee, again, one of the things that we're working on is we're working through the scrappy church. And, and again, I, I'm not saying this is, this is worth nothing because I'm the one that suggested that we work through this book because I believe this is going to lead us somewhere that for us will be healthy, productive, and honoring to the Lord. There's a way that works, and there's a way that does not work. And that's what I want to distinguish today. And so many of you know we have uh, our church. Does it, do you guys know our church, like the church motto thing? Do you guys? I know our vision committee, we've talked about it. So, so love, love God, that sounds like something we should be doing. And love people also, and, and ser- serve the world. Okay, now... Again, all of that is, is fine, right? We should love God, we should love people, and we should serve the world. But that sounds incredibly broad, does it not? And so what I'd like to do today is just narrow down some things that we're working on as a vision committee, even as staff, things that you and I will be working on as a church. And that is like a, a vision statement that expresses what we see as our responsibility before God as a church and as a people. And so more than just a motto, a little more details, and this is what I suggest is the meat of the matter. You see, if we have this right, then this stuff works because it's, it's aligned with, with God's word and what he's doing. And so the first thing is this, and I, it, again, this is a simple statement. I'm, I'll, I'll read through it all, and then I'm going to kind of break it down, and I'll, you can jot some things down. So I'm going to read through it all. This is a work in progress. Again, the uh, vision committee has worked on this a little bit. We've um, brought this to the staff, and we've worked on it a little bit, and it's not done yet. So we're going to work on it um, quite a bit more, and it'll be brought before you. But I'm going to read it, and then I'll kind of break it down a bit. And so here's, here's the idea. Uh, to sh- and this is for our church. And l- while we're working through this, I want to ask you, because this is what we believe God is doing, Old Testament and New. This is his program that is running just it's what he is accomplishing and he's accomplishing this through his church which is made up of individual believers individual people like you and I who are part of God's family what God is doing in his church in a way he is doing in us and so why are we here all right so here's here's what we have so far to shine as a diverse community it's multi-ethnic multicultural multi-generational by God's design United in Christ and his desire and power for us to love and serve each other. United with Christ in his desire and power for us to join in his mission to reach all people. Working together to meet the needs of others as response to God's grace. Now, 
I know that doesn't fit the thing of being like just so simple. It's something you can remember, like love God, love people, serve the planet. But just remember, this is God's word is not three words either. Like there's, we, we, got to, we have to work to understand what it is that God is doing, what it is that he's invited us to be a part of. And we've got to care about all those things that are connected to that so that we can see if we're, if we're off doing our own thing or if it is actually the Lord Jesus Christ who is at work through us. Because the scary thing is about this stuff is it works. And it doesn't matter what kind of church you are. It doesn't matter what kind of pastor you are. You work on yourself. You will improve. I don't know about you. That's not what I want. I don't want a life where my ministry as a church, right, it's better because we worked at it. I don't want as, as a person to be better as a person because I worked at it. I want to be as a church and as a person connected to Christ. And I want his work to be happening in us and through us so that it is not hypocritical, right? So that it is his love and his power working to accomplish what he desires. How often is that missed? So if you want to jot some things down, it's just, um, it's just what I read through. But we're going to take it just kind of piece by piece. And I want to try to make some connections as to why we believe, and I believe, this is, this is a biblical um, trajectory for us as a church. First of all, to shine. So if you want to write that down, to shine. Um, I know that sounds kind of like, uh, I don't know, simple. To shine, um, kind of biblical. Uh, when you hear that, to shine, what, what do you think? Can I remind you that we are in an incredibly dark place? As dark as you think it is with all of your complaining and my complaining, it's darker than that, isn't it? The spiritual forces at work, the natural forces of our flesh, it is sickening dark. We all experience it. But what if as a church, we're in line with God's mission to shine. Is that part of God's plan? That, that is his plan. So to shine, and, and, and so we'll leave it at that, to, to shine as a, in the next phrase, so to shine, next phrase, as a diverse community. And this is it's something that's so appropriate for our time and our season that we're working through as Americans and as the church in America but from the very beginning, even you see this in the Old Testament, but especially in Luke, we're going to see this. Jesus is assembling a family. And do you know what his family, the people that he's calling to be his disciples and his, his family, he calls them his family. Do you know what they have in common? On one side, absolutely nothing. These guys would not be hanging out under normal circumstances. Some of you who know your Bibles, you know there's a difference between Peter the tax collector and Matthew, or Peter the tax collector, got that wrong. <laughs> Peter the fisherman and Matthew the tax collector. These guys are typically not buddies, but in Jesus, they're a part of the same family. We see this in the Gospels, Jesus pulling a family together of diverse people. In Acts, this is the reason, you know, this is the reason that deacons are selected. Right, because of problems within the church over ethnic issues and divisions. 
We follow in Acts, and we see, again, the church is growing, again, and it's multicultural, it's multi-ethnic. Different social classes are coming together, together different, different people are just different in every situation you can imagine, and they're part of the same family. And then you look at the epistles, and you see that much of the epistles is written around, how do we do this? No one else in the world in the Roman Empire is doing this. Here we are a family, people gathering consistently of all different backgrounds and seasons of life. How does this work? And you look at the epistles, and many of them are written in that direction. So to shine for you and I, again, understanding the darkness as a diverse community, family, multi-ethnic, right? that's God's design. Multicultural, we have that here with the blessing of being able to partner with the Spanish church, multi-generational, and again, by God's design. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a reminder that this is how, in God's sovereignty, he has arranged his family. So to shine as a diverse community, multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational, by God's design. And then notice these two things, incredibly important. United in Christ, in his desire and power for us to love and serve each other. And do you know why I mention that? Because I think oftentimes we do think it's something that we can do on our own. And we've been through the book of Philippians recently. We're reminded about what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross and how we have been welcomed into his family. He now treats us like family. He expects us to love each other like family. And in John 17, Jesus' prayer for his church is that we would be, what, united, one. And so this is not a, this is not a church gimmick thing, right? Like it is the prayer of our high priest sitting enthroned in heaven that you and I, it is his desire that we would be one. It is his intercessory prayer that we would be united. And that we would be in that unity. We would love and serve each other. Again, it's not just a good gimmick for church growth. It's not just a good idea. That's the desire of our king. And not only is that his desire. And again, I just think of us and all the things that, all the things that are priority and that we desire. And that's priority to Jesus. I mean, that's, that's his, his major trajectory of his prayer in John 17 is that we would be one. And he's given us the power to do that in him. Amen, Daniel. So united in Christ, in his desire and power for us to love and serve each other. And then you, this, united with Christ in his desire and power for us to join his mission to reach all people. Again, so it's not just our idea that, hey, it's, it's a good idea if we, can, if we can go get some people and grow a number, right? It's not just, again, a, a program response, but actually the one that we worship and love and trust on the throne, this is actually his desire that you and I would not go off on our own mission, but that you and I would actually engage in his mission to reach what kind of people? All people. 
And I want to separate, just like I've separated with being in Christ and loving and serving each other. There's a desire that Christ has for that. Then there's the powering enablement that he gives us to do that. The same is true as we are united with Christ in his desire to reach all people that should be happening within us, aligning with the desire of Christ to reach all people. And then, again, it's not in our own power. It's the power that he gives through his Holy Spirit as a church collectively and as his disciples to reach all people. And then lastly is this, working together. Again, I think of Romans 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the church, working together, each doing our, our God-given, God-ordained, sovereignly given parts, working together to meet the needs of others. And the reason I have this as to meet the needs of others is because there's spiritual needs of others, there's physical needs of others, which is the important ones? Both, right? And as, as God's people, we know we're, we're, called, we're called to care about both. And that includes within our church family, that also includes those within, within our sphere of, of influence. And so working together to meet the needs of others, but it's all as a response, just as we've sung this morning, as a response to God's grace and his love. And again, the reason that we care is because we've been delivered. Like we were those who were in the darkness. We were those who had no life. We were those who experienced firsthand death and spiritual repercussions and, and consequences because of our sin and knew what it felt like to live out of relationship with God. And now because of his great love, again, demonstrated on the cross of Calvary, you and I have been forgiven of our sins. We've been welcomed into his family. And it is just our heart-changed desire to know him and to allow him to change us. Again, not us changing ourselves, working to improve ourselves, but trusting in him, caring about his plan, and asking him and to make the difference in us as a, as a church and as individuals. I'm going to ask Jeremy to, to come up at this time. We're not quiet to the invitation just yet, uh, but I mentioned I wanted to be briefer today, and I want to give us some time in prayer. Um, I'm going to ask Jeremy to play um, just some instrumental music for just a little bit, and I, I want to guide us through some prayer in this direction. I really would like us as a church to be truly aligned with the king and his desires and his will. That means in loving and serving each other. That means in reaching all people. I really would like our personal lives to be aligned with him, not just trying to make it on our own, not just trying to really just improve ourselves, but allowing Jesus to do this work in us. And so I'm going to ask you guys all to stand at this time. And what I'll do is just kind of mention some categories to pray through. You're welcome to pray through those categories if you'd like. And then here in just a moment, I'll close this out in prayer and we'll have a song of invitation. I want to encourage you to take um, just the, the time in this first part of our prayer to... Um, 
acknowledge the things before God today that are challenging to you, maybe some things that are overwhelming. We've talked about being in a world that is broken, and, um, and we, we experience the side effects of this in our life to varying degrees in different seasons. But just take a moment to express your hurts, your, your confusion, I mean, your, your doubts to the Lord. Will you take just a moment to go to the Lord in honesty before Him and express your, your hurts? also like to take to the Lord um, your, your hurts or your confusions in regard to church life and maybe just some ch challenges that we're facing as a church right now, would you take this time to go to the Lord in prayer in that matter? you ask the Lord this morning to help to help us understand um, his desire for his church to be one and we can ask that the Lord would help us not only know his desire and understand his desire but engage in in, a, in that and working to love and serve our church family every single member not harboring bitterness or a bitter spirit asking forgiveness and remembering that Jesus Christ came to save sinners and that's that's us Would you ask this morning for the Lord to help you understand his desire to reach the lost, to reach all people through us? Would you ask for help to see the people in your life, in your family, or in your place of work, or in our community? Would you, would you ask him to help you see them the way he sees them? Would you ask this morning for his help by his Holy Spirit to help you be the witness that he's appointed you to be in those areas? And 
And also, would you pray for our church in that regard, that as a church in our many different ministries here, that we would be aligned with Jesus' desire to reach all people and that we would be working in our areas um, and trusting that he is using us to reach those that he's loved, those that he's died to save. Father, all of this today is a result of what you have done. When we look at your word, we see Old Testament and New. It is, a, it is a story of what you have done for your people. And our part is simply a response to who you are. I mean, you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. Lord, in a, in a world that is broken beyond human repair, in a world that is drowning in darkness. Lord, you have given us reason to hope. You've given us reason to sing and to have joy in our families because of the, ex the experience of forgiveness of our sins and the inclusion of your family. Knowing that when things are beyond us, Lord, your wisdom far surpasses our wisdom, your power far surpasses ours, and your love far surpasses our love. And Lord, in this time, we pray as a church that you would help us understand that we can be in tune to you. We can be in line with your desires. We can be in line with your will. And you can accomplish what you desire, Jesus, in us and through us. That is our simple request. Help us not work to be better at something, either as a church or personally. Help us to be in tune with you. Help us to be obedient to you. And may we see your glory, your marvelous work in and through us in these weeks and months and years to come. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.